Welcome to Activate, a podcast for mobile marketers brought to you by Remerge. Take a short break from your screen and listen to what's working in mobile marketing and what's not, straight from the people who are doing it now. Are you ready? Let's get started. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Aptivate. I'm your host, Maria Lannan, and we're continuing to celebrate Women's History Month here on the podcast, where I'll feature a woman in marketing each week of March. I'm very excited for today's episode, as I'll be speaking with industry veteran Fanny Jacoby, who is the head of projects for app marketing at Trivago. Welcome to the show, Fanny. Super excited to have you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, and thanks for the introduction. I thought you would mention that I was French, so I was thinking I would try to attempt to hide my accent for a bit, but now I, I reveal it. <laughs> I reveal the truth. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So that kind of brings me to my first question. So you're French, but you reside in Germany. You work at Trivago. You've been there for about seven years now. And I find that particularly fascinating just because this has certainly been a transformative year for the travel industry as a whole. So yeah, I mean, to kick us off, you just told us that you're French. I love that. Love the accent. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got started in marketing? Yeah, for sure. So how I ended in, up in marketing is a bit of a, of a long journey, especially digital marketing. But I guess you might have experiences, um, experienced that as well. Life really goes as planned. So I did my master's in entrepreneurship in France and in the UK. And at the time, I had more of a generous profile there. So I kind of knew I didn't want to become an entrepreneur right after my studies. And I knew that I would not work in finance. <laughs> As this, I blame it on my teachers, but I always had a more like a creative mindset. And my friends always depicted me as someone a bit victim of the system, you know, of marketing. Each time they were visiting me, they were like, oh, again, you bought this product, this new flavor or whatever that I had seen on TV because I, I was like trying new things. And I thought that maybe eventually one day I, it would be nice to be on the other side and to understand the mechanism behind. So. When I did a gap year, this is where I had my first entry point in marketing because I applied for a job and I worked for one year in marketing in the cosmetics industry. And at the time, it was a really great experience. I had also a great female mentor. And I just thought, okay, then it means I will continue my, my path in, into marketing. So when I finished my studies, then I applied again for another marketing position, but this time for a consulting firm in luxury uh, for the luxury uh, industry. And oh, wow, really cool. Yeah, it sounded very cool actually. Also, because we were like interacting with like big brands of the cosmetics industry. So, as such, the content was pretty exciting, but the atmosphere at the time was really toxic. And I'm really sad to say it because I'm all for this woman empowerment. We are great, we are badass, and everything. But I did feel a lot of competition there at the time. And sometimes I feel like women can sometimes be mean to each other and tear uh, themselves down. And unfortunately, the lack of diversity, I would say also, led to having maybe more of this yeah, toxic, competitive and uh, mean, uh, gossipy environment, I would say. So basically, after this, then I, I looked for an opportunity in Germany. And I think overall, I mean... I always was more driven by passion. So when I applied for a job, it was more because I really liked the industry, like cosmetics, empower women to feel better. And then I saw Trivago and I was like, 
great. I really love traveling. It's in digital marketing, super innovative, and also pretty international, I guess. And also the, as an expat, I just uh, envision more myself evolving in a international company. Uh, so this is where my like world journey in digital marketing started at Trivago seven years ago. Wow, that's awesome. It's funny you bring up the competition piece when it comes to empowering women and how that is something that a lot of women feel. We actually just talked about that on one of the other episodes is how do we, when there is competition, because competition exists regardless, how can we allow healthy competition, of course, where we're rising everyone up and everyone's getting better, but to allow for a better like we're all working together despite the fact that there is competition because it sounds like at that company that wasn't happening. There was a lot of, you mentioned gossip and just toxic culture. How do you think we can, as women particularly, overcome that or help to not allow those environments thrive? I think I, I also blame it more on the industry as such because it was maybe more like the type of luxury, so it's striving for perfection. And I think as women, we always, strive to be perfect. We also told us early in our childhood, we need to be perfect. And I think in order to avoid this, I think we should more foster for an environment where it's more open for diversity in terms of personality, profile, and also to just speak up more, just not having this like talking behind the back, but like really this feedback culture where we can feel safe to speak up and yeah, so I think also the fact that it was such a toxic environment it was because it was all very strong personalities fighting a, a bit a bit against each other. So maybe myself, I think I'm a more of an introvert. So I think maybe in that type of environment, it's a bit more difficult to find your, your place. And that's why I think in general, organizations should not only strive for more diversity, equality, but also diversity in profiles and, and personalities. Yeah, I think that's a very good point. And coming from more of like the cosmetics industry where it's more female dominated, there's less diversity, of course, versus I'm sure, and this is me kind of making an assumption, but moving into the travel industry like Travago, it's probably a little bit more diverse. Uh, and I have to imagine the fact that you've been there for seven years, it's it's probably been a very supportive environment. So it kind of leads me to my next question, which is, what is it like working there? What does Travago do to empower and support women at the workplace? So it's been a very yeah amazing journey, both professionally and uh, personally, because I think Travago really tried to foster an environment where failing is uh, something accepted and also for more authenticity in general. And uh, as you said, yeah, when I actually joined, it was way more male-dominated. So coming from a uh, yeah, like a pure female-dominated environment. It was it was a nice surprise for me, and I guess also because I was hired by a woman, I didn't really was let's say hindered by my 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 gender at the time because it was really more uh, male-driven. The thing is, Trivago does a lot to make sure to be more inclusive and diverse already from the recruitment. It starts there having more like a diverse type of panel to make sure we yeah we hire like diverse profiles. I have like a mentorship program and really try to push people to speak up more. So the feedback culture is very dominant there. So for women and maybe yeah, for everybody in general. 
And recently we had like also a woman panel during the like International uh, Women's Day where we really exchanged on where we're standing, are we doing enough for women? So it was a very open communication. So sometimes it's also about raising awareness. So do we have biases? I mean, we all have biases against maybe like a gender type. And I remember one of my good friends was pregnant and uh, expecting a first child talked about maternity leave and the way she thought, you know, like sometimes we, we as women, we tend, tend to sequence life saying, okay, in the first three years, I'm going to do that. And I have my first kid and blah, blah, blah. And then maybe then I cannot uh, climb the social ladder there because if I've got my first kid, what do I do? So anyway, she was very open and shared a struggle in general. And then uh, a man, uh, one of her colleagues came to her uh, and said, oh, wow, uh, you really changed my, my view on maternity. And I didn't know all the, you know, the struggle you, you're going uh, through. Yeah. And something actually for my lead who told me, oh, wow, I, as a, a white, Man, I, I have no, I had no clue, but you know, uh, sometimes women can go through. I mean, not only actually women, but like people maybe uh, more underrepresented in some uh, type mm -hmm. of environment. So I think, uh, yeah, it's nice to try to be more, to raise more awareness and make sure we already starting from the recruit, recruitment, we are very inclusive also like in the maybe job title, in the way we uh, approach things, because usually women always have this imposter syndrome saying, oh, no, I don't fit the job profile because I don't um, have like 10 of the requirements. So I think it's already starting from this point on to make sure that they feel included and that there is a chance for them to also later grow in the within the company. And I think you bring up a pretty good point about maternity leave and taking time away from work to raise children. And it's very different in Europe. I know that the maternity leave policies are, what is it, like a year or so, maybe even over a year. In the U.S., I think you're lucky if you can take four to six months. But even still, and especially in this industry, like in marketing, in mobile, things move fast. Technology is constantly changing. I think it's a real fear that women have. How do you stay relevant when you do return? Uh, and I don't think that we do enough to showcase the issues that women face there. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Actually, that's why now I think maybe thanks to this whole home office situation, it kind of opened up also again the discussion on how flexible we should be. So we already, I mean, already we had flexible hours now even for women. I think they will be like for pregnant women or like uh, who had their first kids, they would be allowed to work from uh, home until their kid is three years old, which is great because then you don't need to compromise on, okay, do I, you know, will I be a good mother? Will I spend enough time with my kid? Or, but you can, you might also want to still, you know, like evolve in your career. And sometimes it's a bit, it's sad to have to make a choice because you can be a great and successful woman working in the tech industry and also a great, a great mom. Just about like working in an organization which allow you to have this flexibility and which foster it as well. Sure. <laughs> and maybe that that is some positive that has come out of this entire year is the flexibility that we can all have within our careers, right? Working different hours, being flexible with when we start so long as we're getting work done. I think that's huge and certainly will probably help with women in the future to know that everyone can get their job done from home. We've all done it for the past year now, <laughs> I want to say. You had mentioned before 
the mentorship program that Trivago has. Can you speak a little bit more to that? I find that really awesome and, and probably a super empowering initiative. Yeah, sure. I think they, I mean, now they we are reshaping it a bit, but it was launched, I think, two to three years ago. And I think it's also a great opportunity for, for people to meet people from different uh, departments and to get also a closer connection with, we call the police talent <laughs> at Trivago. So to connect with other talents or maybe other departments so that you, you get a closer connection with uh, how the world organization works. And you also there to support new joiners in some situation where, and also to have the chance to maybe have more like a person you can really speak up to and be really open about any endpoints you might have at work with your boss. So it's really more question of working toward creating an environment where we have mentors there to listen and to make other talents reflect on their own development and also there to be completely neutral. And there is no hierarchy there. So it kind of push people to be more open, to speak up more. Again, this like feedback culture, which we really cherish there. So this is a, both for the mentees and the mentor, a nice opportunity to connect with people from uh, different departments, but also to, to share more about the general struggles within the organization and to be more aware about what's happening there. Yeah, especially at such a large company like Trivago, I think being connected with others from different departments is huge and probably extremely helpful to create a strong culture at the organization. How have you been involved? Have you been a mentor, a mentee, or what does that look like? Both, actually. And I always had like uh, really great mentors. I'm also a mentor. Uh, I've been a mentor for, I think, two years now. And yeah, it's been a really, really nice experience also because I think there are different types of also like leaderships and we are, it's also a nice way for some people who have experience maybe step into more like a leadership type of role where you can also develop talents or like people without having this controlling or like, yeah, controlling role basically. And for me personally, it's been uh, really great to connect with people also from different um, departments and I got to also learn a lot in general and as a, also as a mentor to also be on the other side and to be able to give something back after many years of working with an organization. It's really humbling. It's a great feeling. Yeah, that's great. I can imagine it's very fulfilling. We have a mentorship program here at Remerge, which we just launched last year and it's we're a smaller company, but I think it's nice to meet other people, understand different perspectives. And I think that kind of goes along with this entire theme is understanding like the woman's perspective and work from your perspective, knowing that you've had, you know, you've worked in a toxic environment, you've worked at an environment that supports women. What ways do you think we can be doing more to improve the women's role in the workplace? I think it's both on, in general, I think it's a collective effort. So it's both on like the individual side and organization side. So I think it's up to individuals to spread awareness, but also, let's say, tech companies or like any other companies to foster an environment where all the different backgrounds, cultures can thrive together in the workplace. So already, as I mentioned before, starting from the recruitment, making sure to create a, an environment which like foster diversity and also, yeah, making sure that we also include more men in the conversation because I think they also have like a more like a gendered role and I think gender equality also starts there by 
uh, sharing more different perspectives and having this conversation together to overcome that pressure that they also have. Because I think as a woman, we, we also tend to look up to men. We try to copy some of their assets. And I think actually the opposite could also happen that men could embrace more of the female characteristics to just also like kind of put the pressure down on and say, okay, as an individual, as a woman, I can also be a leader and developing my own styles because sometimes as women, what we see as uh, leaders is very far away from what we could maybe imagine ourselves. I talk personally from me being maybe more like having more like an introvert profile. Then sometimes I could not uh, recognize myself in some leadership positions because I thought, okay, you need to be aggressive. You need to, I mean, of course, can be strong, but maybe to like more empathy, not to be vulnerable. And I actually think that this is super important to support different yeah, backgrounds, personality. I think there are many, actually, there a lot we can do for women, but it's more like in general, there are a lot of underrepresented groups and I think in general we, we should always make sure that we, we take that into uh, consideration and that we we don't we challenge the status quo because before I said okay now actually from the month I joined Trivago I had a very positive experience I had always like I was always surrounded by really amazing colleagues men but I assume that it, I mean for me it was a positive experience but it might be that it's not the case for, for everybody. And I think we should make sure we speak up more and we are open to receive feedback also so that women can feel free to, um, to speak and open, open up more. And on the individual side, I think, I mean, there is a book that I, I read. I don't know if you, uh, maybe it's, uh, it's called a, a Feminist Manifesto. It's from a Nigerian, uh, Nigerian author, and it gave me such a nice perspective on things because actually we don't realize that things are already like uh, really much ingrained in, in the society from a very uh, early age, like in the childhood already, like we have bias for like against women, men, etc. And I think it's nice to also like on the individual side to um, broaden up your yeah, your perspective and to know what maybe for some men and women to know what type of bias we, we have and how we can always challenge uh, challenge them. I think diversity could really serve both men and women or yeah, any underrepresented group in general. Yeah, no, definitely. For sure. You had mentioned that when you started at Trivago, it was definitely more male dominated, but you were hired by a woman. Have you had any male mentors along the way? Or you gravitated more towards female mentors? I had both. And in terms of ratio, I had way more male bosses than, than women, actually. But in terms of mentors, I had both. And I think it is great to, to have, uh, have both because we, it also like teaches you how you can, yeah, maybe more flex the way you, you communicate with, with men also. So having maybe sometimes a men's perspective on some issues really helped me out a lot to understand maybe I, I should like communicate with them, not that there is a special guide. And actually I, I do want to always embrace my, you know, like female personality. I, I'm still like uh, pretty like sensitive. I even like sometimes I ask questions and I, and they look at me like, oh. <laughs> What's like I, I tell them, oh, very nice shirt or like very nice haircut. And I feel like, okay, thanks. And they, they, they turn red. And I feel like it's nice to really also be yourself and as a woman, but 
let's say, having both a man and a woman mentor helped me to really understand how how humans like work together and what's the man's perspective and what's the woman's perspective. Sometimes men are a bit more straightforward and they want like more data points. So I know how to, you know, communicate with them, maybe better, but by always uh, being authentic and myself. Right. So sort of flexing different strengths at different times to communicate with someone depending on, you know, their background, whether they're male, female, whether it's a colleague or it's your manager or who it might be. I think that's super important too. And I love that you said still being your authentic self, that you're not going to act a certain way just because you have a male boss versus a female boss or whatever that might be. And I think that's really important because I think that's a challenge for a lot of people within the workplace. Yeah, definitely. What do you think is the biggest challenge for women you know, working in marketing, uh, marketing is probably a little bit more female dominated, I would say at this point. But what would you say in, from your perspective and your experiences has been the biggest challenge? I know we talked a little bit about going on maternity leave and how that sometimes can put a woman at a disadvantage or it's a perceived disadvantage since you're out of the workplace for a certain amount of time. But what else do you see as, as big challenges and how do we kind of overcome that? I think one of the biggest problems is this, I think I mentioned it before, maybe this imposter problem. So to always like not trust your self capabilities and uh, not lacking self-confidence in general. I think we tend to be soft and have empathy, which is great assets, but sometimes to maybe control the problem, to be more like conflict averse and to accept to do things just because we are kind of maybe used to be more nice or to please people. I, I think I, I remember many situations where actually I, I just said, yeah, no problem. I, I will fix it. And I was like, but no, actually I have way too much work to do. I, I cannot fix it. And I, so already this is one of, um, of the uh, main, cha- main challenge maybe for women. Also, when it gets to leadership position, uh, sometimes they cannot ad- identify to the some type of leaders portrayed. I see that changing a little bit. And also in general, I think, especially uh, in the tech industry, there is always a bit of labeling. Men are better at uh, technical stuff. And as such, I think sometimes we are our own self-limits. Uh, we are self-limiting ourselves, like saying, okay, I'm actually not technical, so I don't think I fit there. So this is more so what I, I noticed for myself. And along the is something I learned that anyways, knowledge is something which you can always gain and trying to be perfect and ask stupid questions if you say, I mean, like there is no stupid question as such, but like, especially on the technical side, it's more like, okay, I, if I don't ask it now, I, I actually, I might never know the answer. So why not asking now? If there is no stupid thing to ask, just ask, for, ask it. And then, yeah, this is maybe where we tend to maybe underestimate our value and maybe less technical and less smart sometimes, uh, especially when uh, to, when we, we deal with complex issues. So this is what I would see there in general. And I think sometimes it kind of refrain a woman to apply for more, more technical jobs because they think that they would, they would not fit. And myself, including, I think many times I just thought, okay, I, I don't think I, I fit there. Or, you know, I'm not legitimate, even like the for, for the podcast. I'm like, oh, great. But I'm sure maybe there is other woman better than me. So it's always like this 
imposter syndrome that what is the, one of the biggest challenges to overcome so as a woman in general and to try to stop pleasing uh, but just trying to know what you want and um, not what people expect from you. Right. And definitely not. I mean, <laughs> we were super excited to have you on the podcast. So don't sell yourself short there. It's been an honor to have you. But I, I know those are things that you think about constantly. And I think confidence is huge. And we can't always build up our confidence in the workplace. I think that's where it can start, right? Asking questions, understanding that we are knowledgeable in our subject fields. But how, what are ways that you've been able to build up your confidence, whether in work, outside of work? Have you been able to do it through a particular hobby or something like that? Like I know you mentioned your training to get your yoga instructor license, which I think is so awesome. I mean, are there different outlets that you think can help to improve our confidence as women, not just at work? Yeah, I think one of the first thing which helped me out a lot was actually my friends and relatives. So I think uh, surrounding yourself with people who believe in you, motivate you, inspire you, can help you uh, to get the emotional and professional support to yeah to grow more and to be more inspired and, and trust your own abilities, I would say. So this was one aspect. Also, probably trying to know yourself more. So I've done a lot of work at the site. I don't know if you if you know Alain de Bouton, and he has like a great notebook where he has like all that type of questions to find out more about yourself. Because I do believe that it starts there. If you want to to know why you're you don't feel at ease and uh, why you're lacking confidence, it starts with yourself, and it starts maybe with some like scars from the past, or like we are, we all have like this inner child within you, and sometimes within us and sometimes it starts from there so i've done a lot of also work on myself to yeah to spend actually time with myself to be nice with myself and to try to know more about what i really wanted and uh, what were my strengths so i also followed i attended i attended a great uh, so like workshop to find out about my strengths like at like it's called ikigai so it's more like this aspect of not focusing so much um about your weaknesses but more like what are your strengths, what you're good at, and how you, you can uh, match both so that way you maybe can shine. And I think by having more of these positive experiences and doing more of what you like will, yeah, then more likely that you then grow more and, and feel more happy with yourself and more confident. So it's, it comes from the environment, having like very motivating people, but also uh, from the work you, you do uh, with yourself and probably sport and yoga, as you said. Yeah, I think uh, it's another great tool to be more mindful and aware of who you are and, and just to, yeah, as I said, to be nice with yourself. And I think by being nice with yourself, you also accept yourself more. Yeah. No, I mean, you have such a a positive presence and I feel, I can tell that you are very confident and I love that. And I think that's super important. It's like you have this like positive aura about you. I can just tell even meeting you for the first time right now, which is it's something to admire. What do you do like outside of work to that helps you with that? You mentioned having these strong relationships with friends and family, particularly this past year. It's been pretty crazy with everything going on. I imagine it's been super demanding at Trivago, particularly. 
what do you do to navigate that and find balance? Because from an outsider looking in, to me, it seems like you do have a lot of balance (laughs) in your life. And so I would love to hear how you're kind of able to remain so positive and exude that confidence as you are. So, yeah, I think, as you said, like, yes, this uh, crazy year kind of uh, disrupted a bit our balance in general. Uh, so for me, it was also a bit of a, of a challenge, I have to say, because before I said to find this navigate for, between like your private and, and work life was uh, easier, I found, because there was like always like set hours at work. And then, I mean, like that you, you can like, self-determine what it would be, but then you were more dependent. On, okay, I'm going to catch my train or... I guess as a mom, like I'm going, I need to pick up my kid, etc. So I think there was more like this separation, like natural separation. And then you were meeting out your friends, going to the restaurant. So you could really disconnect. So I think one of the things that I try to apply for myself, which is not always working so well when I remember last, last week reading on my screen, okay, your screen time raised by 30% last week. Right. <laughs> I hate those notifications. <laughs> I hate it so much. But I guess my what really helped me to find this balance is to really have set hours and try to, to stick to it and to disconnect. I mean, I love apps. I work in app marketing and actually I think I'm a, I'm a geek also for, for many things. I use apps for pretty much everything, even to do photo albums. But you get really, really tired and I think you lose uh, touch. I don't I think on the long run, it doesn't make you always happy. So now we are, we have super hyper-connected even with this Zoom meeting. So I feel like even more so now, I need to disconnect and recharge my batteries and I do it in different ways. So I have a routine where I, I do yoga regularly and I try to also challenge myself and saying, okay, this week I'm going to learn uh, this specific uh, yoga pose and it's going to be a nice challenge. I also write a lot. Yeah, I saw some of your articles that you've written. Yeah, and uh, articles, I, I, I do it also because I I think I'm usually like full of so many thoughts. I'm like a toolbox and I feel like I need to sometimes vomit it, <laughs> if I may say. Uh, but also like um, just writing your thoughts and like highs and lows to just stay present. I feel like uh, especially now in this situation, like this uh, world pandemic brought, it looks, it feels sometimes I feel like, okay, what, what's the present moment? And I, I think it's, it's important to also lay down your thoughts, let, let them be also like positive or negative, like highlights, for instance, and to just remember that we, we there are many things to be grateful for, uh, even if we are like uh, wearing our bottom pyjama at home uh, while uh, being in a meeting and not being able to go out and to meet up people. Usually writing is uh, also like a great tool, also like in terms of negative thoughts you might have. It's always something that I, even from work, I think sometimes we tend to separate a lot like the to-do list from work and, and private. And But I always try to have both. You know, I'm like, okay, if I'm at work, I'm going to think about this specific task from home and, and vice versa. So I think it's nice to just like write them damn simultaneously and then, you know, you just uh, look at them every now and then so that you're not, you're, you maybe focus more on what you, you're doing in the moment when you're in your break time at home then you really focus on this uh, break moment and when you're at work, you're really also focused there. Yeah. And uh, I think what I, in general, I think Germany also brought me this notion of really cutting down. They have actually a very funny word, like I guess, maybe, I don't know if you know it from your Berlin colleagues, uh, like it's called fire urban. I don't think we, there is it. There is this word in any other language. Like <laughs> I've not heard it. 
It's like party. It's like this notion of, okay, after this is the one you really need to have a pretty strict separation between work and, and private life. And fire burn is more like, I wish you a nice party evening, you know, like, because it's your, it's your time for yourself and, and to really disconnect from work. So already from, uh, I mean, even though it's, I, I, I worked for a very international company, so maybe less in touch with the German culture, but this is also an aspect uh, of Germany that I like, that you also have more time for yourself and you don't need to, to stay until like eight just for the sake of doing long hours, but you do your work and then you really have this separation. That's great. I love that. I love that word. We need an English equivalent to that. Yeah. <laughs> Please come up with one. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll think about that. <laughs> I don't know. You're the writer, so you might have to come up with it. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> well, I guess my last question to kind of leave our listeners, what I would love to know, and I'm sure our listeners would too, considering kind of focusing on women in mobile and women in marketing this month, what advice would you give to women who are defining their career goals? Let me think about it. So back to what I said before, I think one of the main advice I would have would be to surround yourself with people who motivate uh, you and inspire you. For me personally, it has helped me in my career to also have a community and maybe to talk to someone who is, have a similar experience. So I, I really had the advantage of, yeah, being able to work alongside many nice and successful women. And I think this this is something I would really encourage. And if you're if in within your organization there is not such like things like mentorship or even like uh, groups, just create a group. If you you know like be proactive in connecting with the community and also outside of work, also surround yourself with great friends. I think it's something I didn't mention before in my uh, navigating time, but I think it's something which helped me a lot. And also, I would say do it. I mean, in the end, for me, still working in progress, I'm still building my own journey and focusing on building my self-confidence and, and, and trust in, in self-abilities. So nobody should listen to this thinking, I'm at the finishing line. I'm uh, still very much describing myself this, this mountain that I see there. But yeah, just like I would advise women who choose a, a career in tech to be confident in themselves. It's always easy to say, but yeah, try to, to speak up more and to not focus so much on your mistakes. And actually, failing is not such a, let's say, a, a big deal. What can happen? It's you just fail. And yeah, and so what? So this is something that I also yeah learned a lot in the last years, uh, also because I guess my organization supported this culture of yeah failing and being uh, authentic and yeah so be also authentic as as I said it actually before this is also what helped me a lot to to not try to um, be someone else there is one actually more of my mantra it's like be yourself those are already taken so you know we we always try to strive for perfection to it's nice to have a role model I think it's also something that uh, I would really encourage to maybe try to identify to um, to someone who really inspires you and it will really give you this boost and this self-confidence that you might need. And let's say also know yourself more, probably one of the, also one of the key things, reflect on what you like and not like. And also if you know what you, where you want to go towards, then, you know, talk about your goals with your manager. Yeah. In general, just try to know where you, where you really want to go and don't der- underestimate you, yourself and your capabilities. And last but not least, try to bring uh, humor. I think humor is always nice. I mean, like even in, in the 
career environment, just laugh a lot. And yeah, it makes everybody laugh, be happy. And if you also seek for inspiration, generally listen to more podcasts. I think it's something that I do a lot. And just by listening to all these like testimonies from uh, women who share really great tips, helped me a lot also in my in my career to yeah to just uh, shine more and uh, trust myself more, me and my abilities. That's great. Yeah, it's like all comes back to being your authentic self and showing others that you are human. We talked a lot about women striving for perfection in the workplace because we feel that we need to be the best to get to the next level. But it's a process. You just said that it's we all have a long ways ahead. I hope if this isn't the end, we're all going to kind of continue to improve. And the most important part is that we remain authentic. You remain yourself you're human, show others that you're human. And I think that can allow for a lot of success in and outside of the workplace. So yeah, well, great. Well, Fanny, it was great having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for joining. Like I said, I really loved and appreciated your positivity that you bring today. So for our listeners, we were chatting with Fanny Jacoby, who is the head of projects for app marketing at Trivago. And we will see you next time on our next episode. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Thanks for taking a break with us and listening to our weekly episode of Activate by Remerge. If you enjoyed what you heard, leave us a five-star review on iTunes and tell your friends about the podcast. The more people you tell, the further we can spread these awesome mobile marketing insights. See you next week.